Like a chrysalis, we're emerging from the economy of the Industrial Revolution. An economy confined to and limited by the Earth's physical resources into the economy in mind, in which there are no bounds on human imagination, and the freedom to create is the most precious natural resource. Welcome to the Soul of Enterprise, Business and the Knowledge Economy, sponsored by SAGE. Transforming the way people think and work, enabling their organizations to thrive. I'm Ron Baker, along with my good friend and Verisage Institute colleague, Ed Class. On today's show, folks, we're talking about the time tax, Ed. The, the, crime, the crime of wasting the customer's time. I should have said the theft of customer's time, just in keeping with all taxes are. Oh, yeah, theft. taxation is theft. There you theft. go. Oh, yeah, that's right. But, we'll have you to, know. Yep. We can adjust it later. That's fine. But this is definitely the time tax. And um, I want to talk about it in the context of Joe Pine and James Gilmore, the authors of The Experience Economy that we love so much and constantly cite, should be on our bingo card. They wrote a great article in the Duke Corporate Education uh, on their website back in September of 2021 called Competing for Customer Time. And I just think it's a great framework to add to flushing out this idea of customer transformations that is at the top of their hierarchy. I just found it a really, really useful article, and we'll definitely get a link to it in the show, show notes. You can read it on your own. Um, it's not behind a paywall or anything. And it basically is stop wasting your customer's time. Start helping them save it. Spend it well or invest it wisely. And each one of those has its own logic and, you know, uh, uh, really smart uh, theories behind it. So anyway, yeah. what, um, what did you think of the article? Just I think it's, it's fantastic. And you're right. I love that, that framework of the, of the three levels that he talks about, you know, that, that that's always appealed to us anyway, you know, right. This whole notion of, of offering choices and, and, and threes. And in a sense, you could even be used potentially for pricing. I thought that that jumped into my mind that you could have your, your, uh, your choices organized around those, those exact things, right. About, uh, you know, customer time, customer time. Yeah, around the yeah. customer's time. We, we always say, if you're going to measure time in, in the professions, let's measure the time we save the customer and mm -hmm. the time the customer spends with us. That's right. And this is even, it's flushing that concept out a bit more. And, you know, this this kind of ties into uh, Pine and Gilmore's hierarchy of value that they lay out in the experience economy that, you know, we've talked to Joe Pine twice on the show about that hierarchy. I just want to review it for our listeners who may be hearing it for the first time or for new listeners, but they lay out the hierarchy of value in their book, The Experience Economy. And it starts with, if you charge for stuff, then you're in the commodity business. And at the at, at the at each level of this hierarchy, they ask themselves, how do I decommoditize the commodity business? How do I decommoditize stuff? And they go to the next level and they say, well, if you charge for tangible things, then you are in the goods business. So you take stuff, you take commodities out of the ground, like wheat, you know, other ingredients, and you make bread, right? 
um, oil combined with something else, you make some other type of good or service or good. Um, now you're in the goods business. Well, what happens when your goods become a commodity? Well, then if you charge for the activities you execute, then you're in the service business. So you're general electric and you sell airline in, or airplane engines and you wrap maintenance around it, you know, power by the hour type service. So you keep it flying in the air, you fix it when it's broken, you prevent breakdowns by inspections and all of that. So now you're adding services to a product and that decommoditizes the, the airplane engine by itself. Right. And just to stick with it, to, to, to stick with the, the bread analogy, if when you make a sandwich, like so sandwich shops that take the take the bread and make a sandwich with it, that that would be the next thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then all the different types of bread and all the different right. types of milk, you know, and all of <laughs> right. that. I mean, this gets really complicated, but then you go, OK, what happens when your service becomes a commodity? Well, then they say, if you charge for the time customers spend with you, then you're in the experience business. And they don't mean billing by the hour, not the time that you spend doing something for the customer, but the time they pay for the time to spend with you. So like an entry fee to a movie, uh, what what are those things, the escape rooms, you Mm -hmm. know, that um, those types of, you know, Disneyland, obviously Disney World. Um, but then they say, what happens when your experiences become commoditized? You know, been there, done that, got the T-shirt. Um, and then so the top of their hierarchy of value is if you charge for the demonstrated outcome the customer achieves, then and only then are you in the transformation business. And this is their idea of the transformation. And so we've, we've globbed onto this idea and said, okay, CPA firms, professional firms can provide serial transformations. We can do this over and over and over and over again, kind of from womb to tomb, depending on your firm. But uh, now they're kind of putting this idea of not wasting your customer's time as part of your offering as well. And just like me, Joe believes that wasting your customer's time is the biggest sin in business. I mean, it's, I think it's unforgivable how much time uh, businesses waste of ours, their mm-hmm. customers. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, yeah. the classic example that I go to all the time, Ron, especially for those in the accounting profession, is the tax organizer that got sent out to people. That, that is just the absolute classic example of you wasting your customers' time. Why Why did that even get started? I can't even imagine why, who, why anyone thought that that was a good idea. <laughs> I know. It's a good question why it got started. I think it got started around the time the computer tax software hit the market because then that started allowing you to do you know, the input from the organizer into the uh, computer tax uh, forms. We didn't really use organizers prior to that that I remember. It was when the computer hit the desktop that we started using them. So it was the tax service that provided you effectively with the organizer that you would then send out. Oh, is this a great idea? And then a customer will just give this to you and then you just key it in. Just how wonderful will that be? It'll yeah. be great. And we'll, and, <laughs> and we'll put this huge burden. And I, and I never thought about it from the customer standpoint. We sent these things out back in my day. There were probably maybe 75 to 100 pages. They grew huh. every year, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, they, I mean, <laughs> and now they're 400 pages or whatever. But I never thought about the impact of a customer sitting down and opening that and looking at it and going, oh, my God, he expects me to fill this out. 
you know, why doesn't he know all this stuff? He's been my CPA for five years, 10 years, whatever it is. He should know all this stuff. Right. And oh, by the way, if I could fill out this form, I could probably do the tax return. I did that too, you know? (laughs) And so it's just a, it's a terrible thing. And he says, you know, he starts out by saying our most precious human resource, the time of individual human beings. Now we could disagree with that. And we do disagree with it. Time's a constraint, not a resource, but that aside, I get what he's saying in this context. He said, so companies can create value for customers by eliminating activities that waste their time, the tax organizer, saving their time when so desired, offering experiences where time is valued, and even helping customers to wisely invest their time. So he's really making three points. You can save your customer time. You can give them uh, experiences where they feel their time is well spent investing in, and then you can also offer them uh, a chance to wisely invest their time. And, and I would put that into the idea of meeting with their accountant to do transformations. That's a, that's yes. a wise investment of time. Right. Right. So which leads to a little bit of a question, Ron, is, is, is it acceptable then? And how would you, you position this? And I, you know, I, I don't like it initially, but I'll let you your reaction. W- would it make sense to have as part of your offering the time that is spent with you be something that you, quote, charge for? Yeah, that's interesting. I, I, I do think, like you said before we went live, that you could use these three categories of, of time saved, time you know, uh, spent, and time invested as three tiers for pricing mm-hmm. because yeah. they denote different offerings. You know, we're going to, if you're in the time saved, we're just going to handle all your accounting and your tax, and we're not going to send you organizers, you know, but you, we'll have to meet with you, maybe have a meeting zoom or whatever for tax planning and strategy and things like that. But then if you step up to the time invested wisely, now we can help guide these transformations that we talk about. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it doesn't really have anything to do necessarily with the scope of work. It's like, no, what's no, it covered what's being right. covered. Or, yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not the scope of work, but, it, but it is saying, Hey, listen, we're going to charge for you, your interaction with us because not because my time is valuable, but because you interacting with me has a, that that's, that is valuable. Because the outcome that we can produce together is valuable. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And he kind of flushes this out and, and, you know, he talks about historically we've been centered on saving the company time. I mean, he brought up this great example. You, this probably made you laugh too of UPS mandating that their drivers simultaneously start their vehicles and buckle their (laughs) seatbelts, you know, okay, that's great for them, but what's it do for the customer? And of course, UPS, a few years ago started UPS, my choice, which allowed you to direct your shipping. You know, if you didn't want it to come to the house because you weren't going to be home, you could have it go to a UPS store or locker or some, you know, there's some choice. I I still don't think UPS does a great job with this, (laughs) but at least they're trying to make, um, you know, give their uh, uh, customers more information about their deliveries. Amazon is probably the epitome of saving customer time. Right. I mean, Mm -hmm. you don't have to drive to the store. You don't have to shop. You've got search. You've got recommendations. You've got customer reviews. You've got one click. It drops on your porch the next day or the next two days. I mean, you know, this is because of Bezos obsession with the customer and just working backward from the customer, something I never thought of 
when I sent that hundred page organizer. <laughs> you know, this, this in a way is, is reminiscent too of a couple of things that we previously talked about, but the first one that jumps to mind is uh, the work of Michael Munger and his, his podcast, the answer is transaction costs, right? So this is effectively looking at that from a transaction cost perspective. The reason why this stuff is valuable to the, the, the customers or the members in a, in a, in a subscription is because it reduces their transaction cost. Yeah. For sure, including hassle. And I mean, yep. he, he points yep. out that frictionless, this term, yeah. and this frictionless really came about because of the customer experience movement. And it, it's really started to be used with subscription businesses, but it became kind of the byword for time saving. It has to be nice, easy, and convenient, right? Yeah. And we always talk about surfacing simplicity, make it convenient, make it easy. Just don't put up any hurdles. And by the way, pricing is one of those hurdles. It's one of those friction points. Mm -hmm. If every time before I do something for you, I have to determine a price because of a change order or because it's out of scope or whatever, or just once a year we have to meet and price the next year, that's all friction. Yep. <laughs> and that's what we're trying to eliminate with the, uh, with the subscription model. So, um, and then he points out if a customer seeks time well spent while the company only provides time well saved, well, then the strategy may backfire and result in commoditization. Because what customers will do is sure, they'll buy the cheapest product, but then they'll take that savings and they'll go buy experiences that are that is time well spent, like yep. going to a Taylor Swift concert. Right. <laughs> well, I've got I've got a, a bit of an example that I'm going to share when we we pick pick this up. But want to remind folks that you can get a hold of Ron or me by sending an email to ask tsoe at verisage.com. Of course, the website is the Soul of Enterprise. There you can subscribe to our podcast and your various podcast players of choice right on the page. But also, we want you to go out and rate this podcast. We'd love for you to do this by going to rate this podcast. That slash TSOE. If you do rate the podcast and leave us a review, we promise to read it on the air, good, bad, or indifferent. But right now, a word from our sponsors. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. Have you ever listened to an advertisement for a book so many times that you question the existence of God? Me too. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I recorded the advertisement for Ron and Ed's book, The Soul of Enterprise Dialogues on Blah 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 Whatever, and four years later, we're all tired of it, especially me. But thankfully, there's a solution. For just $10 a month, you never have to hear my voice again. For a commercial-free version of The Soul of Enterprise, go to patreon.com slash TSOE and subscribe now. Ron, we talk a lot about business opportunities. Well, now a great one has become our sponsor, bookskeepingfranchise.com, bookskeeping with an X. That's right, Ed. If you are interested in becoming part of the $4.2 billion bookkeeping industry for a franchise fee of just under $20,000, visit www.bookskeepingfranchise.com. Bookskeeping comes with full training, plus marketing and technical support, and even staffing. Visit the website or call 855 935 2669. Franchise opportunity not available in all states. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. 
These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Class. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. We are talking about the time tax, the crime of wasting your customers' time here on The Soul of Enterprise today. And, and Ron, one thing that I wrote down as I was reading the article and, and that I don't think people necessarily uh, th- think about, and I think this applies to professional firms, one of the reasons why people love Chick-fil-A so much is not because of the great chicken sandwich, which is great, but it's because they are so good at not wasting your time online. They are really, really good at moving, th- some in some cases, three lanes of traffic through. Now, that does tie back to the fact that their, their menu is far more limited than uh, a McDonald's or even a Burger King or some of these other places that are drive through because it's, they, you know, they, don't, they have fewer things that they can possibly make and they're, therefore production. But in a sense, by doing that, they're, they're making a strategy around not wasting their customers' time online. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I mean, that's what fast food means, right? right I mean, right. it should be at least fast. We know it's not food so much, but <laughs> it should be fast. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. And he he points out that experiences, you know, he puts experiences in time well spent. Mm-hmm. Experiences offer time well spent to guests uh, because they're distinct economic offerings, and they're dis- as distinct from services as services are from goods, because they use goods as props and services as the stage to engage each individual in an inherently personal way. You can think of, you know, Disney or uh, escape rooms or concerts or things like that, but also experiences are memorable because they reach inside customers to engage them in a personal way. So instead of offering convenience, the customer values the time they spend with the company. I mean, I don't think going to Disney world is very convenient for a family, (laughs) right? But they right. do it. Right. Um, and if customers spend more value time, they are likely to spend more money as well. And that's a really good point. And then so he contrasts Ed Uber and Airbnb, his paragons of time well saved, but Uber, not so much time well spent because he says, Uber's, you know, phenomenal. You don't have to call a taxi and all of that. You just, you know, you get out, you don't have to fuss fuss around with your wallet and, and all of that. He says, so it's, it's great on time well saved, but it's not so great on time well spent. Right. Whereas AB Airbnb is, is it started to change its focus on visiting places the locale became important as well. And then in 2013, they hired a guy by the name of Chip Conley. He was the founder of the JDV Hospitality Collection of Boutique Hotels as its chief hospitality officer. 
And in 2017, it created Airbnb Experiences platform, allowing customers to book experiences in each place to help increase the value of time. So that could mean the owner of the, you know, the apartment, the condo or the home or whatever, maybe gave you a guided tour of the area or took you to the hot spots or took you like Napa, they take you to some wineries and maybe a nice meal. Um, it just, it's, it's just an experience. And now you're, you know, that's time well spent because it's memorable. But, you know, Uber did, they did a mini attempt to incorporate some of that. And then this was about what, three or four years ago, they started adding your preferences to like, did you, Mm. did you want to talk to the driver? Did you want to want it quiet? Did you want the warmer? What was the atmosphere? Do you want it warmer or cooler? And, 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 you know, I, I, I have found that that's been the case. My my drivers have always respected that. I usually put I don't want to talk. It's like because most of the time I'm just like I want to I, I get get to wherever I'm going and I'm not yappy about it. But I yep. I I, 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 don't know, I don't know if anybody else who, who uses it and says okay yes I want a conversation that they can match people up better to to have those conversations. Yeah yeah no and I guess you know when I think of Uber I still uh, it, it, as great as it is and as much better it is than taxi cab. It's still to me just you know time saved. It's convenient, right? I, I don't think it reaches that level of a memorable experience. At least not anymore. It did initially, yes, yes. because it was so different. But right. now it's kind of like mm, you know, okay, been there, done that type of thing, right? Right. And there was, I mean, there's, and I think a lot of cities had this. There was always that that taxi cab driver or limo driver that also did like karaoke or whatever in the in the the back. Which, which is great. And that is an example of experience, but you, that can't be random. Like you can't, if I show up at a, you know, 11 o'clock, 1130 at night, and I'm trying to get to a hotel and it's a 20 minute ride. And the guy is like, well, what Sinatra song should I sing for you? I'm like, just shut up. Yeah. Yeah. I do remember, you know, we used to talk about that story from Tom Peters, you know, Walter, the cab driver who gave yeah. you the fruit basket and all right, of that. Right. I had one of those from uh, uh, Canada trip. I had to be driven to Banff. I forget. I think it was Banff or Whistler. I forget, but it was a long drive. It was about an hour drive and they got me a limo driver and this guy's forget his name, but he was amazing. I mean, he had water, he had snacks. He gave me a Canadian Rockies uh, coffee table book. I mean, you know, I'm sure he bought them on sale for two bucks or whatever, but it was a beautiful book. And he was just, he was very, uh, very knowledgeable about the area, gave me the history of where I was going. It was just a great experience. Right. It right. It's like, God, if I ever come back, I'm going to hire this guy again. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and, and of course, he talks about Zappos, you know, the average handling time. You know, most call centers want to minimize it. And of course, Zappos has the record of what is it, 10 hours and 43 minutes. Yeah. I actually met the person when I did the Zappos tour. I don't know if you can still do that Zappos tour, but I've done it twice and it was really, really good. I think you can actually. I've heard people talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, still. But- Yep. Yep. So it's, it's fun. So yeah, I actually met and talked to the person who was on that call and it was a woman picking out her shoes for her daughter's wedding. And she was, it, it was there was a lot of wedding anxiety that was going on. It wasn't just about shoes. <laughs> so. Sure. Sure. Yeah. You, you know, he talks about hospitality with this Airbnb hire and uh, it made me think at the owner of the, I think it's park 54 in New York. I forget. Is that the restaurant famous restaurant, famous chef? He, he wrote a book and he said that uh, service is in black and white, but hospitality is in color. Love that. Exa- exactly that, that you would sit there and talk about 
somebody's, you know, their child's getting married. He gave many examples of when they knew a couple was coming in for an anniversary dinner and then had a flight maybe to catch to go home. They would try and get involved in that whole experience from door to door mm-hmm. and handle everything and just make it pleasant and simple. And, you know, uh, and I just love that hospitalities and color. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, and then, you know, stop wasting the customer's time. He talks about, while it's not a crime against humanity, time wasters are certainly offenses against human customers. Worst thing you can do. Um, he, he gives the example of a doctor who talked about a waiting room me- means we're provider centered. It means the doctor is the most important person and everyone is on their time. And so he gives it. And I thought this was it's this is really simple, but it, it just shows you just by tweaking your thinking a bit. Guess arriving at the Vance Thompson vision in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, receive an iPad to customize their immediate and upcoming non-clinical time. They can watch videos about their forthcoming procedures, read about caring for their eyes, or just play games. Yeah. And this is a a brilliant idea. And why, why doctor's offices don't, don't all do that, especially those we got to fill out the stupid forms. And, and uh, that, that, that drives me crazy when I get to a doctor's office and, and, and some of them gotten a little bit better and said, okay, you can pre-fill it out, download here and pre-fill it out and bring it with you. But why there's doctor's offices still just, you, you know, you need to arrive. And I love this one. You need to arrive 15 minutes before your appointment time in order to be able to fill out the paperwork. Well, send so then my appointment isn't at 1030. It's at 1015, isn't it? No, no. Your appointment's at 1030. You just have to arrive 15 minutes early. No, then my appointment, I feel like Seinfeld, right? It's like, yeah, no, no I, I then, my, then my appointment is at 1015. <laughs> Right, right. So, so why the arrive 15 minutes early? Just tell me the time I got to be there and I'm going to feel, you know, whatever. So just crazy. Yeah, it really is. And of course, he talks about Disney and their mobile apps and they've turned wait time into play time, you know. And of course, as those apps get better, we, you know, the queue might be, you know, sort of the thing of the past in Disney yeah. parks. You just go from one appointment to another. And, and I love how he says such options layer time well spent upon time well spent. And of course, as they spend more time with you, they're spending more money. Um, he also gives, and I know we got to take a break here in a couple of minutes, but I want to get this out and then maybe we can uh, d- dive into this a little bit deeper. Um, but he says, wasting time detracts from the overall value provided. And he gives a very simple equation, Ed, and I really like it. Money charged equals the functionality provided plus the net value of time. Mm -hmm. So if time wasted has a negative value, time well saved is essentially zero and time well spent has a positive value. That's the net value of time part of that equation. And so save them time. Well, okay, that's going to be essentially zero because net value of time, you've saved them time. Okay, that's zero. But if it's time well spent, then that's going to have a positive value. Yeah. 
Really like that. And that's really hard for a lot of people to get their minds around. So let's pick it up again on the other side of this break. But we want to remind our listeners that they can contact Ron or me by sending an email to asktsoe at verisage.com. The website is, of course, The Soul of Enterprise. Show notes, previews to upcoming shows out there. Also, there's a nice category lists at the top of the. If you want to listen to all of our shows that we're doing on things like the subscription economy or some of the, uh, the economists that we've talked to, that's the way to do that. Our second break is sponsored by our friends at 90 Minds. Need a mind? Find one at 90minds.com. And we're also sponsored by our Patreon channel. 90 Minds is a part of that, too. Reach us on Patreon at patreon.com slash TSOE. But now a word from our sponsors. Enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio and see what we're cooking up for you. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Have you ever listened to an online radio show that changed your life? I'm required to say that I have. Have you ever stopped listening to an online radio show because the commercials were mind-numbingly repetitive? Of course you haven't because you're here right now. Look, you don't have to listen to me anymore. There's a commercial-free version of this show, and it only costs $10 a month. And for $15 a month, you get no commercials plus bonus content. Go to patreon.com slash TSOE, subscribe now, and be free. You're worth it. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Klass. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. And we are back talking about wasting customers' time or avoiding wasting customers' time because it is known as the time tax. And before the break, Ron was talking about an equation that is laid out in the Pine and Gilmore article. And, you know, this is where we have, we have to tread lightly, Ron, because people are going to say, isn't this billable time? Is that what you're <laughs> talking about? No, 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 we're not. No. All right. So it's money charged is equal to functionality provided plus Net value of time. So I'm going to read that other sentence again, which I think is so important. In fact, I wrote the word important down when I was preparing for this. Time wasted has a negative value. Time well saved is essentially zero. And time well spent has a positive value. Now, this loops in, of course, some of the work of our, our friend, the late Reginald Lee, who liked to talk about, well, if you save someone time, it's non-cash. It's not it's not really a savings. Now, maybe you can argue, OK, the, we, we've saved this company 40 hours a week. 
Okay, did they get rid of somebody? Because then, all right, now we can talk about you that you actually saved them a, a, a cost that, that they're not going to be paying that employee. But usually that's not the case. So the argument also often has to be made. Okay, well, what did they do with that additional 40 hours? That, were they redeployed in some way? Were they were they able to then create more value for for the customers of the firm that you're helping? In which case, then we can we can measure some kind of a an impact to the customer. But just quote saving them time, and I hear this all the time time now when I'm talking to people. And I, 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 you're not saving them anything. And the story that I wrote as part of Reginald's book, the introduction, was this was pointed out to me by by uh, uh, someone that I was trying to sell to, and they said, "Ed, but I pay them anyway." I pay them anyway. <laughs> Hence, Reginald's beautiful distinction between an, a non-cash cost and a cash cost. Cash cost, yep. Rather yep. than thinking about fixed and variable costs, no, it's non-cash and cash costs. And so many costs are non-cash costs that it just... It, right. But what I, what I love about this equation, money charged equals functionality provided plus net value of time, is when you, when you save the customer time, the, the net value of that is essentially zero. Mm-hmm. because their time doesn't have any value per se, you know, uh-huh. you're not going to, at least you're not going to get credit for it as the business. If you right. save the customer time. So not sending that organizer, it's not like you can add to that equation. No, um, it's, it's, it's like, it's a wash. It's like a hotel changing the, the sheets, right? It's right. expected. It's the minimum you need to be in the game, but time well spent obviously has a positive value, which I think was one of Disney's insights, why they moved away from the selling of the A3 tickets, because they realized that the time spent in line to buy those tickets, you know, and and not having the right ticket after standing in line for an hour, you know, uh, th- that it just imposed too much transaction costs on the customers. Right. Right. And, and just, I love love this next paragraph where he talks about the foolproof way to know if an experience is worthy of customers' attention and valued is, through time well spent is, are they willing to pay for it? <laughs> there <laughs> right? it is. Whether yep. it's through an admission fee, a membership fee, or some other form of time-based payment. Like, how much time are you spending with us? us. With me? With Yep. So, I, Ed, I think about Costco. You know, uh-huh. we pay to be members of Costco. We're paying for the privilege to shop there. I mean, this is that two-part tariff. We pay yep. country clubs for that. Um, you know, Jason Freed, we talked about him with 37 Signals, but uh, he's got this great line that all companies have customers. Lucky companies have fans, but the most uh, fortunate companies have audiences. Yeah. Because the first two, you have to pay to get their attention. The third they're giving you freely their time. Yep. Which is why we are grateful to every single one of you listening right now, just so you're aware. <laughs> Absolutely. But uh, you're, I, I picked up on the exact same thing. The, the, the test to see if they, if, uh, if, if customers think that you're worthy of their time is they're willingly, will they they willingly pay for it in terms of a right. membership fee. And that's why I think the subscription is so much psychologically different because once I subscribe to a company, the relationship is just now on a different footing than mm-hmm. the transaction. Nope. Nope. I completely agree. Yeah. It's good stuff. Um, and then he gets into the third category, which I love, which is time well invested. Yeah. And this is kind of, you know, even moving up within the transformation line of the hierarchy of value. He says one can offer even greater value than time well spent 
by helping customers achieve their broader aspirations, proverbial life transforming experiences. We call such things economic offerings, transformations. Um, if he talks about fitness centers, healthcare, education, consulting, coaching of all stripes, because you're enriching people's lives. Um, and of course, you have to do this with the customer's consent, right? They have to be willing to change and, and make these transformations. But that is time incredibly well invested. So it's not just time well spent, like having a great day at Disney World. This is time well invested because it's going to have future benefits. Mm-hmm. And are they willing to, you know, that's, and that's the other thing. Are they willing to invest their time in you? Oh, yep. And he, and he loves to point out the customer is the product, right? And uh, he says, with time well invested, it matters less what inputs the elicitor provides, meaning the firm. Right. The main concern is the outcome the customers achieve. That is a phenomenal point. It's not about the inputs that we provide. It's about the outcomes sometimes. And we've talked about this so many times, but a more beautiful question mm-hmm. can, can change everything. Yep. There's no, there's no services involved in that. There's, and it's just all about, you know, spending time with the customer and getting to know them, answering, you know, asking beautiful questions and who knows what kind of, uh, surprising value you're going to un- uncover right yep and then and then that gets to back back to the whole you know P- peter drucker replace advice with curiosity element right and where you can if you're really if you're curious about the person that with whom you're working that's where you can help with transformations you just spouting what you think they should do is not helpful and in, in the long term it, it's certainly part of the short term experience because sometimes they genuinely have questions about how they should go about it, what they should go about doing. But at some point you have to make the the shift to know now, now our job is moved from just providing you answers to asking you new questions. Yeah. And, and I think this also fits in well with this idea of it's more than just solving problems too. Right. Because right. that just reverts you back to the status quo. Okay. Now, now what do we do once that problem is solved? Yep. Um, yeah, he, he, you know, he again. I, I just love how he says channeling Ben Franklin: industries that help people become healthy, wealthy, or wise um, should shift to outcome-based compensation. A few companies lead the way. I mean, when we talked to Joe last time on the show, he he um, he had written that Harvard Business Review article about transformations, and he gave a few examples of companies trying to lead the way by pricing based on outcomes. Um, what is that one? Uh, go low, the the weight loss system right, right. That, that you know people are swearing by. I mean, they, you know, uh, I hear really good things about it, but that is that is a transformation. Yes, now, I don't definitely. know how their pricing works. I don't know if they do they refund your money if you don't lose a certain amount of weight. Uh, yeah. You know, but they're thinking definitely in the right direction because it's all about the outcome. Yep, no doubt. So he, he ends the article by asking, will you merely provide time well saved or stage time well spent, or perhaps even guide time well invested? It's time to make your strategic choice. And the great thing, again, Ed, we're poised, professional firms I'm talking about are poised to be able to do all three. We yeah. can do all three and probably easier than other businesses can. Yeah. 
No, I, and I, I love that. Those are, that's some great, some great questions right there at the end of the article. That's that, that's the takeaway that you bring into a strategic mission uh, meeting and exact. And what I love about it is it's, he says, he calls it a strategic choice. No, it's not a plan, not a plan. Not a plan. <laughs> nope. This is not a strategic a choice. This is, you know, some of the other strategic choices that, you know, we've talked about previous are, you know, who, who are you going to work with? Are you going to work with people who need a pair of hands or who need an expert or who only want to be collaborative? That's a strategic choice. Do you want to be a consultant or do you want to be a surrogate manager where you are taking on the responsibility of making decisions on behalf of someone else? Th- th- those Neither of those are wrong, but they are they are the strategic decisions that professional firms need to make. And they can even make a decision to say that, okay, we're going to do both. You can't do both for the same customer at the same time, but are you going to take that business? And I, and I think that that's what far too many companies are not willing to carry out the targeted strategy uh, around those things. And, th- and that's why I think st- strategy is considered to be hard in a lot of businesses because they don't want to face the question. They don't want to face the difficult choice question and it could, because it means saying no to something. This is something that David Meister pointed out a long time ago. S- strategy is about saying no to st- certain stuff. And most most firms, most professionals are like, nope, we need to expand bigger, <laughs> more revenue. <laughs> Yeah, I know you need to cut off some things. And yeah, you're right. This is about strategy. And as uh, Roger Martin, the Canadian business professor, likes to talk about, you know, strategy is a theory really about are your customers going to go for this? You know, that's, I mean, kind of what it boils down to at the end of the day. And I just think about that first direct primary care physician, um, actually he's concierge doctor, but said, you know, hey, we're we're going to do this type of practice. We're going to charge this amount and we're only going to allow each doctor to have 50 families. But when you come to our offices, there is no waiting room. Right. You lock the door behind you. You're the only one in there. Our focus is totally on you. Now, nobody knew if that was going to fly. In fact, a lot of people thought it was the dumbest idea they'd ever heard. <laughs> and yet now we see all these DPC doctors, none of them have waiting rooms, you know, and so, yeah, I mean, they've really shifted to saving the customer time and just re-engineering that whole doctor headache experience that you talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Really good stuff. So, yeah, just a, a great article. Again, it's called Competing for Customer Time. It's on the uh, Duke Corporate Education website. We will provide links in the show notes. It is from September 2021. and. Last time we had Joe Pine on the show, he did tell us that he is working on a book uh, on transformations, and I'm sure he's going to flush out this time concept even more in that book as he will flush out transformations. And when that book comes out, um, he said he'd be happy to come back on the show. So we'll get him back on the show to talk about it. Yep. Yep. Well, he's definitely a fan of yours, Ron, because it was a great LinkedIn post that he did about your book last week. So. Yeah, he he did post on LinkedIn about times up, and uh, yeah, that, that was uh, that was really great. Well, uh, well, Ed, I know we're up against our next break, and folks, we'd like to remind you if you want to contact me or Ed, send us an email to asktsoe at verisage And now we want to hear from our sponsors and Ed's employer, Sage. A little birdie told me Voice America is on X. Follow us at Voice America TRN. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. 
These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Have you ever been so annoyed by a commercial for a $5 ebook that you were willing to pay $10 to never hear it again? I sure have. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. Over the last several years, you've come to hate me, and I hate me too. By now, you know that for $5, you can get a copy of Ron and Ed's book. What you might not know is, for twice that much every month for forever, you can stop hearing me plug Ron and Ed's book, which totally makes sense, like the Diamond Water Paradox. Go to patreon.com slash TSOE and subscribe today. Please, for the love of God, make it stop! The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Klass. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking about the time tax, and we just finished up on an article that Joseph Pine wrote with James Gilmore competing for customer time. And Ed, I thought those categories, time saved, time well spent, time well invested, it's kind of like a new enlightenment. And now I want to pull us back into the dark ages. <laughs> this is from an article from the American lawyer, I think hat tip to John Chisholm for sending this. It was either John or Matthew Burgess. I can't remember. Um, we get so many articles from, yeah. from people, yeah. especially lawyers. Um, but this one is Gen AI general AI could force lawyers, clients to talk differently about billable hour. And Wait, what? Pricing. What? <laughs> what? To talk differently about billable hour legal pricing. So this article just, it, I, I, I just, I'm shaking my head reading the entire thing. I just pull out a couple things. Jessica Gishner, chief value and solutions officer at Pillsbury Winthrop Shaw Pittman, big law firm, I think, um, it. pointed out her firm has come up with myriad creative options for pricing that move away from the old structure, but to no avail. <laughs> At the end of the day, a good number of our clients will say, that looks really interesting. I have no idea how to evaluate that. So I feel safer going back to the billable hour but we don't know what else to do. It's going to stick around unless some technology magically helps us assess how much value a certain task is worth. And value is really subjective. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes, it is. (laughs) Yes, it is. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Now have the epiphany, right? This is frustrating and all respect to, to Jessica. You just got to make the leap from, okay, yes, value is subjective. Therefore, you have to have a conversation with the customer about value because then that the price comes from the value, not from your costs. It, it's just, 
Like, I, and, and, and Ed, not from the task. Right. To broaden your horizon to think about the outcome, which is what we've been talking about. <laughs> Thinking about the time you save the customer, the time the customer could invest into your firm to maybe avoid legal problems in the future. But this also, I just, you know, in, unless some technology comes and magically helps us, I this is not a technology issue. It's <laughs> never been a tech issue. No. It's what's funny. It's 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 fairy tale thinking. The whole thing is just. A- I, I yeah, and 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 customers don't get to decide how you price. I'm sorry. I mean, come on, uh, Pillsbury. Uh, this is your firm. You get to decide. This is your strategy. This is how you go to the market. Right. You know. No. Uh, and and then and then another person said, Gina Lynch, chief knowledge. An innovation officer at Paul Weiss, Rifkin, Wharton, and Garrison. Companies. They must be bigger. They must be bigger than bigger the other one because they have a fifth, they have a fifth, fifth person on fifth. the masthead. So, I know. But she said, "How do you build AI-assisted judgment? <laughs> Some of the potential that we see in generative AI is that ideation, being able to ask a tool, tell me another way I can answer that complaint. How do you build that? <laughs> one way is to talk." with clients about what the technology is doing and how it's being used. No, I mean, ad agents do ideation and many of them now value price. Thanks to Tim Williams, our colleague. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, and you know, it, it's not, it's not about the inputs. There's just, it's just, they're so focused on the inputs in this article. It's just so annoying. And then they go on to say the pricing model so, and then this is somebody else now making this argument. This is an interesting argument. The pricing model is not why clients are unhappy. <laughs> really? Where, <laughs> first off, where's your evidence for that? But okay, put that aside. Clients aren't happy with the pricing level. They need services to be cheaper. The value of the problems being solved doesn't merit this price level. Now, I'm sure for a lot of things, that's probably true. This, uh-huh. is the, this is the problem with the billable hour. It treats all hours the same. It treats all issues the same. It puts the same price. It, it, it underprices in, in, in strong value contexts and overprices in, in weak value contexts. Same thing with cost plus pricing. Um, but <laughs> it, this idea that the clients aren't happy with the level, no, they're, ha- they're not happy with the uncertainty of it all. Right. And the unpredictability of it all and the surprise factor. They're not um, happy with the business model. Exactly. <laughs> and and uh, and then the last quote um, that I'll just mention, because I think this is interesting as well, for law firms to shift a significant revenue to a different pricing model, the buyers have to learn how to buy and consume differently. <laughs> the lawyers have to learn to talk about value differently. We just have not had those conversations in the industry. And so I think that is the key barrier. Okay. I'll agree if, with that. Not I, I having the value. That. Yeah. 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 Not, not yeah definitely. And I'll even agree with the buyers have to learn how to buy and consume differently, but the onus is on the law firms. Yes. Just like the onus was on the airlines to teach the customers that, hey, when you find out the guy sitting next to you paid one tenth what you did. And, you know, when that started, you used to be pissed off at the airlines. Oh, my God, they're ripping me off. And now you're mad at you for not buying sooner. Right? Yes. Yep. yep. And, and they retrained the whole world 
to think that way. Uh-huh. And that is a supply side shift, not a customer issue. Customer doesn't give a crap about your business model. They just care about the experience it provides them and the outcomes it provides them. And and this is, again, this is another, another example of violating what is a, a universal constant. Ron, did you know customers want lower prices? Did you know that? Is that like, <laughs> this is what the, the Thomas Sowell line about, you know, airline crashes on gravity, blaming, blaming something on, on, on high price, then customers wanting lower price is just saying airline crashes are because of gravity. Yeah. No kidding. They want lower prices. Just accept it as a universal constant and move on. Okay, great. Uh, and it's just so belied by so many examples and just one that comes to mind, we're going to talk about this on the bonus issue, but you know, didn't the vision, did, is the vision pro out now? Apple yes, vision pro? It, is, it, is out. it is out. Yep. Okay. Yep. So I've got the story that Matthew Burgess sent us about um, a guy who's worn it for four days for over 40 hours, like 12 hours a day and wrote this long blog post about the experience, but yeah, it's 3,500 bucks. Yeah. And what's an Oculus five ninety nine? Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. I mean, here Apple goes again, six times the price, (laughs) but guess what? People are walking into the store and putting it on and playing with it and walking out with it. Uh huh. So this idea that it's all about the price level is just your limitations of your thinking. It's not the customers. You give them the value. And if they see the value. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and my point is not that all customers will pay a lower price. Like if, 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 uh, if Apple charged only 3000 rather than 3,500, oh, people are like, okay, great. Yes. They, that, that's my, my point. But you, why you can't blame it on that. That's just silly. Right. It is. It is. And of course, everybody knows that that thing's going to get cheaper as you know, or, or at least that version will, you know, as they put out new upgrades to it. So but they're still willing to pay that top price. Right. Well, but interestingly enough, and this ties in not so much for the iMac. Do you you know the iMac when first came out in, I think it's 1999 was $1,699, That is the current price of the iMac today. Like the lowest level Mm -hmm. iMac, it's the same price. So I want you to think about that. They have not changed the price of the entry level iMac in over it's all in close to 30 years yeah yeah i, I do remember seeing that in one of pulley's yep yep posts yeah yep. yeah that is really interesting that is very it was like the price of coke you know it was like a nickel for 50 or 60 years part of it was just because well they had all these vending machines and signs <laughs> you know that had a nickel and they just didn't want to go through the expense of changing it changing it uh, yeah um so yeah um, so yeah, I just, you know, lawyers, I've never seen so much ink spilt on this topic of pricing and they just can't get out of their own way. They need to make this change, not their customers. Stop trying to put it on the technology. It's not a technology issue. It's, you've got to have different conversations and yes, you're going to have to go to the market with a different offering. And if that yeah. offering's predictable and it's got certainty, it, it can command a higher price. Yeah, I can't imagine anything more frustrating than being at a law firm with the title of Chief Value and Solutions Officer or Chief Knowledge and Innovation Officer. <laughs> that, and that has got to be a frustrating gig right there. I'm just saying. Because they're so, they're still, 
And this is why I think the fee for service mentality, just in general, for it, let alone breaking it down into tasks like lawyers love to do, you know, right. yep. um, but just that fee for service treadmill, we just got to get off of that because we're so much more than that. When you don the mantle of a professional, whether you're a lawyer, CPA, a doctor, you're just not about tasks anymore. No. That's not what it's about. We're about outcomes. Yep. And Amen. So. All right. Two fun things to talk about, Ron. That was fun. All right. Well, Ed, what do we have next week? Next week, we have my Sage colleague, the global CTO of Sage, Aaron Harris. We're going to have him back on the show to talk things uh, AI and even, even pricing because he, he he has some interesting thoughts on on pricing of, of software. And uh, maybe we'll talk to him a little bit about his his thinking around subscription. So Excellent. I look forward to it. I'll see you in 167 hours. This has been the soul of enterprise, business, and the knowledge economy, sponsored by Sage, transforming the way people think and work, enabling their organizations to thrive. Join us next week, folks, on Friday at noon Pacific time. In the meantime, check us out at thesoulofenterprise.com. And also, if you want to contact me or Ed, send us an email to asktsoe at verisage.com. Thanks for listening, folks. Have a great weekend.